On the ground, goose on the ground, looking like a fool with your goose on the ground. What? What? <laughs> What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, <laughs> joined in studio by Miss Brittany Braubacher. Hello, Gab. I'm so glad you're here. What a nice surprise. I know. I was here for an event, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to crash at her house. We're going to record in studio. We're going to look at Stammer's beautiful face. Across the internet and Ashley's beautiful face as well. Yeah, it's yeah, not just so me today. Christine Steimer is here as well, of course. And we have very special guest Ashley Esqueda is here. Hi, friends. Hello. I'm so glad we finally got you on the show. Oh, it's about Ashley. time. I know. It's been way too long. And um, for folks that maybe didn't know, Ashley and I go way back. Way, way, you way may back. have seen us hosting together at the Nintendo World Championships 2017, but nay, that was not the first time we worked together. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. Um, I was producing at a company called thisweekend.com, and Ashley was the magnificent producer and host of This Weekend Tech. And what other show? You worked on more than one show there, right? Well, we did. I think we started with This Week in Android, and then it turned into This Week in oh. Mobile because, like, became like so much that's right we wanted to talk about so much more than just android news and so it became that at one point like i think we expanded it out and you did some hosting for the this week in ipad show too right yeah i think like they asked me to come in filling i yeah i like i want to say i filled in for like them and then i also went in for like i think they did this week in games right and i did i guessed it on that show and then i did like like i guessed it on a bunch of stuff there it was fun it was um it was an experience for sure. And I truly and listen, an I cut, experience. I, yeah, I cut my teeth learning how to do live podcasting and live blogging Same. way back then. And um, you know, I'm definitely forever grateful for kind of trial by fire mm-hmm. and really discovering Same. what a tricaster was and what they could do um at that show. So we worked with some some really talented people, you know, shout out to Lon Harris. Yeah. Big time um, shout out to Lon Harris. <laughs> Um, but you are doing so many amazing things. We're going to talk about a lot of that in the third segment. But um, people can see you right now as hostess extraordinaire in a variety of things. Most notably, uh, your kind of go-to gig at the moment is your role at CNET. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a senior editor there, but I don't actually write a whole lot for the site. So, so we have weird, <laughs> weird title. Uh, but I do. I host a show called Stream Economy, and so we talk about. Uh, pop culture stuff like uh, we pick a really important topic and we kind of deep dive on it so um a couple weeks ago we did one about uh you know when they announced dc universe announced the robot man television show with uh, brendan frazier like we talked about like who is robot man and like what's the history there and we kind of went through sort of all the iterations of the comics and like what it what dc might do with it or here's some other casting ideas so we kind of like take one topic and over five minutes every saturday morning we deep dive into it and kind of either speculate about stuff or we uh and then we also give context on like what it is so uh one of my favorite episodes we just did was about game of thrones uh the prequel series that hbo is producing 
Um, we took some of the stuff George R. R. Martin had said on his blog about it, and we were like, okay, so here's what we know, and then now let's have fun and speculate about it. So it's not totally wild speculation. We actually we dig Grounded into the facts. in some facts. Yeah, we dig yeah. into the facts. <laughs> um, but it's really fun, and we we have a good time. And it's a it's a weird show. It's like good good with your Saturday morning cartoons. Like squeeze it in there somewhere. It's fun. Well, I haven't watched the um, that specific episode yet, which, but I'm very interested in this in this prequel series that's happening because oh, i'm a big game of thrones fan so i'll have to definitely check that out if uh, i wanted to go watch that where where would i do that uh you go to the cnet youtube channel and uh we have a whole playlist called stream economy and like i said every uh saturday morning we put up the show uh usually unless it's like you know obviously holidays and stuff like that so we'll be back this week uh with i believe we're gonna be um sneak peek we're gonna do an episode about uh what happens if Fantastic Beasts as a franchise fails. So, because they oh, had a no. little bit of a disappointing box office uh, <laughs> domestically. So, and, and Warner Brothers is not historically known for uh, being patient with their franchises, as we've seen with all the DC Cinematic Universe. So, um, really, true. really want to talk about that this week. And, uh, and, and really, ooh, I hope I don't make a lot of Harry Potter fans mad because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. But, um, yeah, this, uh, this, this sort of series has been like real hit and miss for me. Well, I'm going to be uh, interested to hear what you have to say about that. But uh, we're going to hear more what Ashley's working on and um, kind of talk about her favorite games and the things that she's playing uh, a little bit later on in the show. I have to take a second to thank everybody who participated in our amazing Black Friday slash Cyber Monday merch sale mm-hmm. that we did at the uh, What's Good Games merch store. You guys came in force. We were not expecting so many of you to take advantage of that special deal, especially patrons in particular, really taking advantage of your extra discount that we offered you guys. So thank you so much for supporting us. And please, once you get your merchandise, Send us pics. we want photos. <laughs> we would love to see you um, in the merchandise that you selected. So thank you again for supporting What's Good Games through our merchandise store. Again, that's whatsgoodgames.com slash store. If you want to check it out, I was wearing our special holiday <laughs> tee <laughs> earlier today. So I was planning to wear it on the show tonight. And then right before we were about to come out to start the pre-show, um, I got this, I opened this bottle of champagne that John brought home from work because this time of year, a lot of people send things to people's offices. And a lot of times those gifts are wine. My husband doesn't drink, which I've mentioned on the show before. And so whenever he gets a gift of wine, he of course gives it to me like an amazing husband that he is. Um, and so I go to, op- I <laughs> totally. know it's the best, uh, all the business gifts. to the good yeah. party, Andrea. So I'm opening this bottle of champagne, which if you guys know me and you do, I open bottles of champagne like it's my job, okay? I do this all the time. It was every job day. I'm, it was my job day. at one point. I'm very good at it. I have never had a bottle of champagne explode <laughs> like this bottle exploded, like literally ever in my career, in my life. They shook so it up funny. before they sent it to John. Yeah, but the, it was the like crazy a, part, a plant. The crazy part is it was laying down in the refrigerator for a solid week before I oh, opened no. it. So I had plenty of time to rest. It was I don't priming. know what happened. All I, all it I hear was is just the, laying in wait. It was yeah. laying in wait. Yes, it was, it was silently waiting. And I turn around. I would say, oh, that's a good sound. You know, when you hear that pop sound, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that means fun times are abound. I look, all I see is this white foam 
everywhere. And I mean, Sam, you know, Andrea's kitchen. Yeah. All over the kitchen, the cupboards, the table, the floor. It went the cats were looking at The cats are now hammered in Andrea's house. Oh my God. I was about to say, never- did Ghost and Maverick get covered? Oh yeah. I have never seen this girl move so fast in my life. As soon, okay, here's what happened. As soon as she, as soon as you realized that this was not going to stop, this was a volcano that was not going to stop. I her thought resting. maybe it was just like a little bit, yeah. you know, sometimes oh, if you open like a beer or no. something, it just foams a little bit. Oh no, this was like full for like I was holding a fire hydrant hose of champagne. <laughs> It's coming out of the bottle so fast. It was coming out so fast. And, she, and this realization that this party was not going to stop, she, in one leap, made it to her sink and just like, bah! and then she ruined her new jeans and she was sad in her shirt. And then John was like, I'll clean it up. It's fine. And she couldn't stop cleaning. And it was really funny. I appreciate you taking one for the team. That was a memory I'll never forget. Listen, I love my <laughs> husband and he is so sweet, but there's just, he always just misses a spot. And so that's why I immediately started cleaning. <sighs> Because now there's champagne all over. And, like, normally I would be all about that life. But it means it's going to be real sticky, sticky in my house for the yeah. next mm-hmm. life. That's oh, how you get ants. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, no. Especially since it's been raining here in San Francisco. Oh. They're already trying to come in my house. Ugh. Good times. Anyway, I oh. digress. Also, it looks like YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Steimer has a thumbprint in the corner of her window. What? Wait, what? Do you see that on the left side of her of her screen? That's really creepy. Do you, what do you see mean? that little blurry spot? Oh, I mean, oh. You know, it's something bad. Not a big it's, issue. It's a shadow from your lamp on your back table. Oh, it's could be because I don't have my glasses on, but it looks like, you know, when someone takes oh. a picture and their thumbprint is blocking yes. part of the lens. So it's definitely a shadow yeah. of your, of your lamp that's behind you. But it's, it's freaking not me out because it looks, it makes me feel like there's someone there, like filming Steiner. There better not be someone here. I like living <laughs> because, alone. Leave me alone. Everyone go away. We were talking about this during the pre-show. It, something with the camera quality, you look like a beautiful gothic angel, like an angel. Yeah. Of, of beauty and darkness it's true. and yeah because you're the camera and your light uh wait yeah the camera and your brio died last week but the light inside you has awakened like ashley said <laughs> yes i so have you're from the gothic. ashes like a phoenix <laughs> yes it a beautiful phoenix mm-hmm. we can get exactly. on the show now um i don't even know how to follow that like, how do you follow Steimer being a phoenix? You don't. Um, I guess you do eventually. We have lots of news to get to. Um, before we get to the news, I need to tell you that we've got two amazing sponsors on the show today. Stamps.com and Robinhood are bringing What's Good Games to you 100% for free, along with all of the amazing people at patreon.com slash what's good games. So I want to tell you a little bit about stamps.com. In an always online world, you can get practically everything on demand. Your favorite movies, your video games, your food, even this show. Isn't it nice to listen to us whenever you want, when it's convenient for you? Well, did you ever think that you could get postage on demand? Well, you can, and it's all at stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk or even your couch. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click, print, and mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. I'm definitely guilty of overpaying on postages because I was too lazy to go to the post office or to UPS and get them to actually weigh it. So I just put extra stamps on Mm -hmm. no more with stamps.com. If you're part of our awesome Patreon, chances are you've probably received mail from what's good games. (laughs) So we kind of consider ourselves mail experts. And what I know is that running around town and dropping off mail can be time consuming and 
so can waiting in line, especially during an incredibly busy holiday season. So skip all that hassle and print your postage at home. Right now, if you go to stamps.com, you can click in the upper right-hand corner on the big microphone that says, have you heard about us through a radio or a podcast? You click on that and then you type in code WGG for our very special offer, a four-week trial, which includes postage and a digital scale. You go to stamps.com, click on that microphone and type in WGG. Again, one more time, stamps.com and the code is WGG to start your four-week trial and includes a little digital scale because listen, the weight is super important. I didn't realize this until I started sending Patreon postcards and letters and Polaroids through the mail mm-hmm. to all different parts of the world. But every part of an ounce counts. So get it right and get it for cheap. At every Stamps. part of an ounce counts. That was clever. Did you come up with that? Stamp- uh, just right now on the Stamps.com yeah, should give you a little extra for that i'm gonna be honest yeah that was great that would be nice to give you a little kickback that's a great motto (laughs) every part of an ounce counts yeah well maybe i should become a marketing copywriter (laughs) i did that once in a past life all right thank you again to sams.com let's get to the news so we've got quite a few stories really right as the show was about to start today on on wednesday evening we got some breaking news from nintendo that we're going to talk about in just a little bit but first up the thing that most people are talking about this week red dead online's beta is finally live so we knew that it was coming sometime in the latter part of november which is what rockstar games said and they are really cutting it close by launching it on the 27th (laughs) um so it launched on tuesday um for people with the ultimate edition if you bought the game or had it installed or were playing it on launch day. You got it uh, on the day after. And then by Friday, the 30th, everybody who owns Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to get rolled into the online beta. So if you're listening to the show, maybe you've already tested it out for yourself. Now, they sent me quite a detailed list of everything that's going to be available in the beta, and I can't possibly read it all because it would take far too long. But some things to know is that um, they're going to be doing some additions and updates throughout the beta period. As far as I know, they haven't given an end date to the beta. Um, they're just going to keep it rolling, I imagine, until they decide it's finished and then they'll mm. just launch it or do like a soft launch is like Red Dead Online is officially out of beta. I don't know like how you do that. Ashley, do you remember how Overwatch did that? Was uh, it the retail release that kind of marked the end of the beta period? Well, I think they had they it, there was a beta, the open beta. First, there was the closed beta and then they had an open beta. And I think that lasted until about two weeks before the game launched and then mm. the game launched. Yeah. But usually with something like this, like GTA Online, they were in a beta for a while. And then, like, they were just like, oh, well, we're uh, now we're officially, it's like, it's done. Like, we feel, like, confident yeah. enough to just drop the beta title. So, I I mean, I can't imagine they would relaunch this because they're going to want everybody to be able to save their progress. So, I like, I'm guessing it'll be similar to Fallout 76 in that it's like, oh, uh, you're going to play the beta. You already have the game. But then... All of your progress carries over. All your progress carries over. Like I, I can't imagine they would erase everybody's progress. I don't, no. I, like, yeah. Like, like, I can't imagine they do that if they don't. Ha- if they have the ability not to, I can't imagine they would. I think well, the beta title here... already selling transactions, right? Microtransactions. Yeah. 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 So I think the title here is more of like a. Don't get yeah. mad at us. There are bugs here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just a <laughs> CYA. It's a. It's a cover your ass for for hey, like this isn't perfect and. There's no way we could possibly QA test every single thing in this online because you guys are going to think of stuff that we never think of that's going to break the game. So it's still in beta like that. That's like thing that, you know, that's why it's called beta. 
So just a few things that you can do in case you're interested. Starting this week, you can ride with your friends in a posse. You can set up your camp, embark on cooperative story-based missions, which Steimer and I are going to tell you about in the next segment. Uh, go head-to-head in competitive series. Find strangers throughout the world to help or hurt. Tackle spontaneous free-roam challenges. Go hunting, fishing, bond with your horse, explore with friends, or on your own. But look out for ambushes and much more. All the while, you'll accumulate XP through your explorations and encounters that count towards your rank and provides added bonuses unlock items improve your attributes while you progress and you can also take on award challenges throughout your open world experiences to earn awards in 12 categories like combat hunting sharpshooter and survivalists of course they've got a detailed character creator you can pick whether you want to be a male or a female and then they have a variety of faces body shapes etc etc um steimer i'm sure will tell you (laughs) gladly how she hates that she has an ugly character and she's mad about it (laughs) Yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk about that in the second segment. <laughs> um, you'll, um, you basically play as a, a, a convict at the Sisiska Penitentiary, um, and you get broken out and, uh, well, you're being, I don't want to spoil how you get broken up. Um, you'll get a horse, you'll set up camp, you'll hunt down treasure, equip your first ability card, and then of course meet a bunch of characters and, uh, start doing some story missions. Um, in the game, much like in the campaign, you will have an honor rating. So you can either be honorable or dishonorable. How <laughs> Mine's you, in the uh, tank. Per- oh, oh, really? Uh, you know, um, you were there. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you deserve that. I will talk about that later. <laughs> well, mine's probably even worse, though. I haven't looked, actually. Actually, mine's not too bad. No, yours is fine. I get for murdering you. You didn't go on um, a killing spree. <laughs> um, so some of the things they have, free roam missions, uh, land of opportunity, shootout and team shootouts, make it count. Uh, which is uh, nothing but a bow and a handful of arrows. <laughs> Most Wanted, which is a tactical race at the top. Hostile Territory, where you work in teams to control the land. Name Your Weapon, where you demonstrate your personal specialty in this free-for-all or team-based match. Um, and then they'll have more details, of course, about additional gameplay that they're going to be rolling out throughout the beta. Uh, they do recommend that you check out the companion app, which I've heard is very great. I've downloaded it, but never actually used it. Has any of you ladies used the Red Dead companion app in your experience yet? I used no. it um, during the single player campaign, obviously. Uh, and it was <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was fine. I honestly didn't mind opening up the map to know where I was and get my bearings, but it works really well. It's obviously, you know, seamless with your movements and it, it was good, but I didn't use it after 10 minutes of it. I was like, eh. I for me. I have ruined every open world game I have ever started playing. So um, I I just I haven't even I've skipped Red Dead. Like I I can't. I like it's <gasps> okay. So Seeger, you were saying that like you are you have a very high wanted level. This is basically what ends up happening to me in every open world game. Is I find some strange thing to do in the game that they allow you to do for some reason that you know, you probably shouldn't be able to do, and I get really focused on that thing. So, for example, in Metal Gear Solid Five, I became an animal rescue for Mother Base and just went around, like, ballooning <laughs> animals up to Mother Base. I didn't, I didn't care about any of the missions. I was like, I don't sure. care about any of this. I just want to, like, like, save, rescue all the animals. I'm going go to know what's arc this. I'm just yeah, going to, like... Know where, I'm going to yeah. Mother's Base arc this. Like, that's... There we go. It's so, so funny you say that, because I saw a tweet about... I don't know who it was, but someone was hog tying 
NPCs and then taking them to railroads where it would split off into two. I saw that. It, did you see this? And they he would put them on one or the other. And if the train hit them, obviously they died. But yeah. if the train passed them, he would set them free and let them live yeah. their life. Like that's, that's what he was doing. That's terrible. But see, I like hate for that. me, it would be like if I had the option to become a quilter in Red Dead Redemption and start up a store, I would do that. I'm the lame person. So in Skyrim, <laughs> I spent two hours creating a character. I, this is the saddest story. In Fallout oh, girl, Three, no. I became a trash collector. I'm like, I'm just gonna clean up the apocalypse all by myself. And <laughs> every can and killed the first lady in the first house that you run into, like in Fallout 3, when you're on your way to Megaton, I killed that lady, I took her house, and I put all of the empty cans that I found in that house. And every time oh my I God. The door, all the cans would fly out. It was so bad. And then I- Is there, a, I made, is there a video of this? Andrea, I spent 40 plus hours in Fallout 3 and barely made it to the first Supermart. Like, That's it was amazing. Wow. real bad. Like, real bad. So in Skyrim, I spent two hours creating a character. I got to the first village, was like, oh my god, this game is amazing. It's so beautiful. And nighttime fell and a werewolf attacked me. And so I killed it and it yelped. And then all of a sudden, here comes the blacksmith with his blacksmith hammer going, oh, you killed my dog. I killed his dog on accident. I didn't know. It was dark. You thought a dog was a werewolf? I did. It was Skype. I just saw dragons, Andrea. I just saw dragons. You were like, this dog is clearly a werewolf. I mean, there are werewolves in that game, but they don't unlock until like hour 75. Oh my God, that's so good. He wanted a pet on the head and instead you bonked him to death. I did. Yeah, you killed him. You booped him. And I killed the blacksmith. And then, as you have probably noticed in Skyrim, the little player tip shows up and it's like, if you leave witnesses, your wanted level goes up. Oh, so I you killed the blacksmith. The blacksmith's wife. So I had to go in the house and I had to kill the blacksmith's wife and his child. And then I had to kill everyone in that first no, you, town. You can't kill children in Skyrim, though. I killed everyone in the town except that oh my kid. God. And oh my God. apparently that kid was the thing that got away and told everybody because I couldn't, like, I couldn't murder that kid. And I got Damn to the you, first Todd city. Howard. And the parapets, they were already shooting at me from the parapets. They're like a wanted level of a thousand. And I was like, I quit I mean, this game. And that to was the last fair, time I ever played Skyrim. You massacred Holy an shit. entire town. That guy I killed, killed, I killed be real. everyone in the town. And I was like, I'm doing this so wrong. Like, this is so bad. I, I, I kind of get it, girl. But I, I killed in, a chicken in that first town. And I, that was it. They I all got mad at me for killing a chicken. I'm like, this, this isn't Zelda. What's wrong? Why are you mad at me? Every Fine. single open world game. This is a problem. Ooh, that's it's, hilarious. It's so bad. So I am in, I'm actually, we'll talk about it later, but I'm actually slightly enjoying Fallout 76 because there are no goals. Like you just wander around and you do nothing. <laughs> I never thought about that as a plus, but now that you mentioned it, <laughs> I, I can see how it could be. For insane people um, like me, it's great. <laughs> so the make it count is their battle royale mode and you use bows and knives. So I played in, uh, well, I, well, I guess we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it in the next more segment. like Hunger Games, but yes, like more traditional yeah. oh. versus, yeah. Interesting. Um, and it's, yeah, obviously it's not, it's not the same kind of like large map where you like are jumping in and mm-hmm. like the, the thing getting shrinking. smaller. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. That's cute. It's more like it a count. king of the hill than a battle royale, yeah, but with just I would bows say. and arrows and knives. Right. Oh, exactly. They make you keep it real. They, they make you kick it old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so just a couple more notes from Rockstar. Um, they say, we ask for your help in keeping Red Dead Online fun and fair for everyone. Please use the in-game reporting tools to report any abusive behavior, cheating, or exploits that you see during the beta. 
They talk about their longstanding copyright policy about posting uh, applies now as ever. Um, they say you may notice areas of the game uh, of the in-game menus are not accessible yet or available during this early period of the beta, such as the mm-hmm. Red Dead Online in-game store, which will eventually open up to provide the option of purchasing gold bars to directly acquire cosmetic items like camp decor or special style for your weapon. And they say we hope that player progress during this early bear- period of the beta will be able to remain intact long term. However... As many betas for large-scale online experiences such as this, there is always the chance that we may need to implement rank or other stat resets in case of issues. So they they really buried the lead on that because this email that they sent out is long and extensive and has lots of photos and like, look at all the things you can do. The very last line, we may need to implement rank or other Uh, stat resets in case of issues. So at least they, as Ashley said, are covering their asses on this. But um, just so you know, and this is why I'm going to go into more detail about why I'm going to not spend much time in the beta in this early stage in the next segment. But important to know that you don't maybe want to put like 100 hours into the early beta mm-hmm. because of this exact reason that they might reset your progress. Yeah. So just keep that in the back of your mind. As long as you are of the philosophy it's about the journey, not the destination, uh, mm-hmm. then you might be okay. But otherwise, like, don't be mad. They warned you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I would I'm imagine that, that would only be, they would only really probably wipe the server if it was something really game-breaking. Yeah, something yeah, really broke. Really and yeah, people, yeah. Which people, Agreed. you probably want it to be reset anyway, right? It's like, unless you were like the person exploiting it really, really bad. Right. Too many ugly cowboys. Agreed. They have to wipe the whole server. Okay. Um, we'll we'll talk about this at, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. The, the delay is a little bit, a little bit bad. And so Brittany and I are talking over you guys and that's our, on, on us. Uh, sorry to everybody who is listening or watching. Um, but we will talk about our experiences in, in this a little bit more in the second segment because we have some other news that we would like to get to. Um, so the rumors and leaks ahead of the Game Awards, have begun. Um, Mr. Jeff Keighley, who, of course, is the host and executive producer of the Game Awards, has started to tweet uh, things on his personal channels and the Game Awards Twitter and releasing a little bit of video talking about some teases for world premieres and such. But it looks like Obsidian is gearing up to announce something at the Game Awards. So this write-up comes from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN. Uh, Obsidian Entertainment appears to be getting ready for a big announcement at the Game Awards next week as fictional ads with a countdown have begun appearing on its website. Obsidian, of course, known for such titles as Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Fallout New Vegas, South Park, The Sick of Tours, tweeted out a message saying, hmm, anyone else getting those ads on Obsidian.net? Clearly nobody was, so they had to tweet about it. Yeah, they were like, uh, weird. <laughs> no one visits our website. No one cares about right? our website. When you go to their website, one of two different ads, one from Auntie Cleo's and one from Spacer's Choice, pop up with the net text saying, stay tuned for a special, special, special. message. Andrew Renoy. <laughs> Live December 6th at the Game Awards. Below the text is a countdown that ends when the Game Awards begin next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. When visitors click skip on the ads, they are taken to a second ad that is different based on which fictional company appears. For Spacer's Choice, the second ad features a gun with the tagline, it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's Choice. For Auntie Cleo's, the second ad says, better than nature, and features such health items as energizing 
ointment and facial mask skin cream. While Obsidian Entertainment was recently acquired by Microsoft, they were also part of Take-Two Interactive's private division label that was said to be publishing games from five different studios, including an unannounced RPG. Dun, dun, dun. Bro, what do you think this is? I don't know. Okay, actually, I'm looking because Obsidian trademarked something a while ago, so I'm trying to pull that back up. But this is interesting because I think a lot of people, especially with the recent announcement that they were acquired by Microsoft, is Mm -hmm. assuming that this is Microsoft's an exclusive title. We don't know for sure because Obsidian is a part of this private division. Mm -hmm. So this could, this is a deal that's been in the works for some time now. So I don't know. Obviously, we don't know the contracts say, but it could turn out that Microsoft's going to try to pull some strings and make this an exclusive title, but I would say probably not. You'll probably see this on, uh. Oh, that was just me. I thought you were telling your me my hair cords looks in beautiful. my way. No, I thought you were my cords in the way. It's, it's a habit of you being like, your cord, your cord, bitch. It's yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's my, the producer in me. I, I don't <laughs> no, like cords fine. showing. Um, so yeah, so Obsidian fair. is great at making the RPGs and I'm very, very excited. And I think if Microsoft has a exclusive RPG, IP down the line. I don't think this will be it with private division. I think we'll see this multi-platform or multi-plat or no, I'm thinking a back compat is what the cool kids say. This is completely yep. irrelevant. Anyway, I think that would be amazing and awesome. And it's kind of what Microsoft needs going into next well, gen. Jeff did tweet that there will be 10 new game announcements at the game awards, which I was really surprised wow. to hear. Yeah. That's uh, a lot. 10 is like a big, is a Good big number. Him. I expected, I expected to see, you know, like world premiere trailers of new gameplay and things like that. But uh, like brand new game announcements is, is really awesome. So, um, tip of the hat to you, sir. I'm really excited to, 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 to see. And I get to actually watch the show this year. So the past couple of years, I've been backstage doing live interviews, which has been awesome to be able to talk to so many cool people. But I miss the whole show and then I have to like watch it back later. I don't think we're sitting (laughs) next to each other. That makes me sad. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure that part out later. Obsidian Entertainment has filed four new trademarks for something called The Outer Worlds. Well, that sounds like this maybe i don't know spacer's choice Space makes me think of that if you mm-hmm. if you look at the the advertisements on obsidian.net it kind of gives me a bioshocky vibe the way mm. the the, the oh, art is yeah yeah so well something we'll to keep your eye on as we go into the game awards next week um the next story and i'm so sorry ladies and gentlemen that i have to bring the dreaded L word back into conversation <laughs> when we've blessedly have had have had a couple of months where we haven't had to talk about loot boxes, but they have come back. The FTC here in the United States have pledged to a loot crate investigation. Cool. So this write up comes from <laughs> Polygon. The Federal Trade Commission today agreed to investigate video game loot boxes following an official request by Senator Maggie. Hassan, 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 um, Democrat from North or not North from New Hampshire. <laughs> That's what that is. From North N-H Hampshire. Yes. Oh, oh, I think Hampshire or noise from New- North Hampshire. <laughs> I don't know what's my problem. I just need more coffee. I think is my thing. Um, in a congressional oversight committee hearing this week, FTC chairman Joe Simmons affirmed Senate Hassan's request that loot boxes be investigated. The exchange took place in a Senate Commerce Subcommittee hearing that was mainly focused on data privacy issues, but ranged into other territories. Quote, loot boxes are now endemic in the video game industry and are present in everything from casual smartphone games to the newest high-budget releases, said Hassan, adding that loot boxes will represent $50 billion industry by the year oh. 2022. Like 
likely referring to a report earlier this year from Juniper Research. Game publishers often include loot boxes in their games, which offer in-game boosts and prizes, which we know. And then there's a little bit here about Battlefront 2, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Hassan warns that children are particularly susceptible to loot boxes. Of course, they are uh, close linked to gambling, points to countries including Japan and the Netherlands and Belgium. Damn you, Belgium. Yeah, Belgium started this all. Um, I wouldn't say down the mystery. I know. They just They've got great chocolate food. interest. It's fine. Good, good um, waffle, waffle interest? No, I don't know. Mm, yes, waffle. Uh, last, year, last year, Representative Chris Lee uh, and Sean Keelan held a news conference in Hawaii, which we talked about here on this show. Um, let me uh, jump ahead here. Uh, talking about, uh, so Senator, Senator Hassan wrote to the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, the independent body that kind of self-regulates the video game industry, uh, to ask that, uh, ask how games with loot boxes are rated, and the ESRB added in an in-game purchases label to games that include loot crates, which I did not know that they officially added that across all games. That's good to know. Um, and then the senator says it's time for the FTC to investigate to ensure that children are adequately being protected and educate parents. And Polygon requested comment, and the ESA sent the following statement. Quote, Loot boxes are one way that players can enhance the experience that video games offer. Contrary to assertions, loot boxes are not gambling. They have no real-world value. Players always receive something that enhances their experience, and they are entirely optional to purchase. They can enhance the experience for those who choose to use them but have no impact on those who do not. So I think that last sentence is the thing in contention here because... Mm-hmm. Some games they still do. have some pay-to-win mechanics in, which is why Battlefront 2 got raked over the coals, and then EA rolled those back, obviously. But I think it's safe to say that loot boxes are just not cosmetic only in all games. So that's kind of bullshit for the ESA to say, and I don't know why they would say that. But also, maybe they're hoping I, the other people won't do their research. <laughs> they're yeah. like, no, yeah. well, it's probably fine. They won't notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably. I mean, we've talked about loot boxes ad nauseum, and I'm sure, Ashley, these have been discussions that you guys have had, you know, at CNET and all the variety of other places that you've worked at as well. But we agree that loot boxes in general are kind of stupid. They're kind of dumb, and we hate them. Mm-hmm. Microtransactions where you get to buy cool skins where you know what you're paying for and know what you're getting, that's fine. You know what? As long as everyone's clear and transparent about what you're paying for and what you're getting, you do your damn thing. You can either buy it or not. Um, what I would be curious, Ashley, to get your opinion, if you're willing to talk about it, is do you think loot boxes are gambling or not? Because clearly the ESA in the United States government says no. The, the Belgian Belgium. government Oy, gov- oh, that's not says Belgium. yes. That's not yeah, Sorry. I know. It's like <laughs> I'm the, terrible. The gambling thing is kind of like... I mean, it's weird because on the one hand, I under I kind of understand the argument that they're making, but also I'm like, uh, like I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, which is because okay, so my the majority of my experience with loot boxes is in Overwatch, and I feel that Overwatch uh, disclaimer. My brother works at Blizzard; he works on Heroes of the Storm. I like I always have to like tell people that, but. Like, I've loved Blizzard for a lot longer than I've probably loved my brother, but don't tell myself. <laughs> uh, we won't tell your brother. <laughs> he's the best. Uh, but, but like, with Overwatch, like, I feel like that has always been the right way to do loot boxes, which is to say, 
okay, well, we have these like special events and there's costumes and like sprays and like things that do not impact your gameplay. Um, but when you start getting into the pay to win stuff, I agree with you guys. Like I, it's silly. Like it's ridiculous. And the other thing is, is it's very enticing to uh, a kid who doesn't have a lot of time to maybe play Fortnite uh, to beg the, his his or her parents to get these loot boxes so that they can get, you know, a boost or whatever. And But I also am of the mindset that I'm like, parents, lock down your credit cards. Like, what are you even doing? Like, why do you have... Yeah. And I guarantee you this senator or somebody she knows, like some sister or some brother or somebody, like some kid of theirs ran up a big giant tab on like Fortnite Now it's an endemic. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and they just said, you need to do something about this. And then they just happened to look at Belgium, who was like, well, we feel this is a form of gambling. We like to keep consumers safe, which Europe generally has much stricter consumer protection laws, even though we might not agree with them here. They just generally tend to be a lot stricter and and in favor of protecting the consumer. And so, like, I feel like. Belgium is a really good example for the senator to use as like, oh, well, they say it's gambling. Well, that's a very convenient thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is gambling. So I do know, like, remember with the, um, what was it, Counter-Strike? There were the, the guys that were, like, selling. Yeah, where they yeah, owned the, the two YouTubers. They owned the gambling that, site. Mm-hmm. The gambling site. So that stuff, like, I totally get it. That is absolutely gambling. And, like, I don't, I, like, that... That is a whole separate thing, I think, because it's a third party that is... This was actually a gambling website, though. Right. It's yeah. like it was, like, very clearly gambling. a gambling website. But, I, yeah. but to me, it feels like that was the thing everyone seized on to be able to say loot boxes are gambling. And it was a misunderstanding of these people who oftentimes have no idea what the game industry is about. They probably don't play video games, or if they do, they don't play them very often. They may not play games that have loot boxes in them. Um, or it's been a very long time since they've played a lot of games. And so to me, it just seems like a thing where they saw that story and were like, oh, well, they must all be that way. It's gambling. Let's just ban it. Better safe than sorry. And then now it's a good excuse for these people, these senators and, and you know, Congress people to say, oh, well, we're going to do that, too, because obviously, like, this is a really serious problem. Well, I think the more ser- like there are more serious problems in games like I, I just feel like loot boxes is the fault of everyone. Like, and I, I guess that's like where I kind of land on it. It's like, it's everyone's fault. It's everyone's fault for buying into them. Cause ton- obviously it's a huge industry. You just read off the numbers, right? It's a $50 billion industry by 2022. That's not too far away. So clearly people like them enough to, to buy them. But then on that same note, like you're kind of offering something in a lot of situations where it's pay to win or pay to get a boost for a little while or, you know, whatever that is. So I don't know. It's like, to me, it's just everybody's fault. And I wish the game industry would just be like, maybe we're just going to like walk away from this. But then of course it's like, (laughs) they're also a business. And so it's, I know that, you know, Blizzard, much as I love them and they make great games, they're not my friend. They're there to take my money. Like that's just, that's, that's what they exist for. And like the whole thing with um, Diablo Immortal is like a great example. So many Diablo fans, I count myself among a you know a massive amount of Diablo fans. I've been playing Diablo two since I was fifteen, sixteen years old. Like, got so mad at that announcement, and oh, this is how they're going to do microtransactions. And I'm like, yeah, but like you have to understand that those things are the things that keep those games in development for future Diablo installments. Or you know, it's like 
it's hard because it's like we want these games like, you know, to have lots of DLC and we want them to have all this extra stuff and online elements and ongoing upkeep that costs money. And so exactly. to me, it's like they have to make money somehow. And so if they can do it in a way like Overwatch, where it's like, it's not hurting the gameplay. Like, I mean, there are bigger problems in Overwatch with like the, <laughs> with gameplay than, than loot boxes. But the thing is, is like, they have to make money to continue keeping up the game and developing new content for the game. So if you love it that much, then like, you know, like I think about Overwatch, I'm like, I have played on one character, 160 hours on Farah, And I'm like, that's worth giving them an extra 20 bucks for a loot box at some point, because that's 163 hours of a, a game that a ga- many games that I could have bought for $60 each. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make a really great point. Something that I have said on the show several times about understanding the, the, the human cost behind the development. And, you know, I, I love that you, you are using, you know, um, Diablo Immortal as an example. Another example would be you take like the foot packs from FIFA at EA and how that is such a giant part of their business. But that money from those microtransactions and loot boxes help fund Other the games. continued development of a game like Sea of Solitude, yeah. you know, that's coming, you know, like a smaller indie title or a game like Unravel 2. Because none of those uh, smaller games are get funding if the big titles don't bring in the cash for the publisher exactly. to begin with. Yeah. So certainly, um, you know, people are obviously are allowed to be upset about sure. it and be in there. We need watchdogs looking after consumer protections, of course. But yeah. I think it's always important to remind gamers in particular, since they are so possessive over the art form, that there are people uh, making these games, people with families, um, people that need to feed their families, just like you need to feed your family and art isn't free. Right. And in a world where there's so much available, um, free entertainment that it's important to remind ourselves like, Hey, like I, I should be paying for something, you know, like somebody yeah. had to make this, somebody had to create this from nothing. And that, that doesn't cost nothing. It costs right. something. My father and many other people in this world, money does not grow on trees. It's so true. So real quick, I'd be curious to hear, is this good or is this bad that the FTC is getting involved? Like, what does this mean? Because I've been looking through the comment threads and it's honestly half and half. And I thought it would be a lot more. Oh, no, we don't want them involved in our video games. But it sounds like we're going down that route. I think loot boxes just have like such a negative connotation in general in the industry that Mm -hmm. I'm assuming a lot of people are like, yeah, get rid of them. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. And like, but I do think to Ashley's point, like it can be done just fine. They don't always have to be so predatory. So right. I, I think, I mean, I don't really care if they look into it. They're going, they obviously are like there's, <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Right. Um, but I will be curious to see what they conclude and mm, how yeah. they go about that yeah. conclusion because there are so many various kinds and like, I would, I just want to be a fly on the wall to be quite honest with you in those mm-hmm. meetings and be like, how are you explaining this to these people? Yeah, yeah. How are you yeah. explaining this to like an eighty-year-old senator who's like literally never picked up a controller in his life? I mean, or we all even saw know how to the, the Facebook hearings, right? Yeah, right with Zuckerberg. Yeah. Do we see it? Oh, yeah. like, how like, do you? How do you make like those senators clearly had no idea what the fuck was going on? No. He's like, we He's run ads. No idea. <laughs> oh my but it's, gosh, it's, so that's terrible. what it is. It's it's a bunch of lobbyists on both sides yelling at these senators saying like well here's what they are oh they're harmless they're totally harmless it's it's this but then another group of people is saying oh no no it's super harmful this is what it is and then it just is up to that like 
super old person who is not a gamer to decide what it is. And so it's, it's like, that's man, never a good thing. I just want to take a nap. Why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go plan my death. It's just, oh, I like, <laughs> I want to talk to my attorneys about my last will and testament. I don't want to listen about loot boxes. <laughs> oh my, my God. gosh. I like so how ridiculous. Dark that I assume that's what like 80 year old senators do. I like, I don't know. I haven't ever been <laughs> one. So. Why retire when I can plan my death and make decisions <laughs> about loot boxes? Exactly. And like, to, just to put a button on this, cause I do want to move on to the last story before we go into our first break. Um, it's just that to be clear, we are not endorsing or condoning predatory business practices with loot boxes in the video game industry. That is not something that any of us are in support of. I think what we are in support of is transparency. If loot boxes are going to continue, be like China where they put all of the rates of drop rates for all the boxes publicly available. And then if you know what the drop rates are, you know what items are available to drop and you still choose to pay, that is your adult choice. Now clearly this law or this potential legislation that the FTC is looking into is all about protecting children. But I would say children don't make money. Children don't have jobs. They're not allowed to have jobs legally for a lot of good reasons. So if they have money, it's not their money. It's their parents' money. And this now has become a parenting issue to which I would say the government has no business telling parents how to parent their kids. That's all I'm going to say about it. You want to buy your kid a hundred loot boxes? Do whatever you want. Make them do all the dishes. If you yeah, want to vacuum, your, yeah. If you want to give your kid their your credit card or access to your credit card, <sighs> that's that is on all you. you. Yeah, that's on you, bro. Exactly. Um. Okay. Last story uh, of of that we're going to talk about this week because um, it broke right as we were getting ready to start the show. Um, is about Nintendo. Uh, Brittany, you, you like pulled my... this one. Would you like to? Would you like to talk about this one, ladies and gentlemen? Nintendo is joining twenty eighteen. <laughs> This comes, this comes from their official Twitter account. The tweet reads, We're making it easier for creative fans to show their love for Nintendo and monetize videos that include Nintendo game content. Please take a look at our new guidelines here. And then here's some of their guidelines, and I'll just go through this. They included a link. You click it's, on set link. But before she goes through the guidelines, it says, We are humbled every day by your loyalty and passion for Nintendo's games, characters, and worlds, and respect that you want to be able to express yourself creatively by sharing your own original videos and images using content from our ah. games. As long as you follow some basic rules, we will <laughs> not object to your use of gameplay footage and or screenshots captured from games for which Nintendo owns the copyright, quote, Nintendo game content, in the content you create for appropriate video and image sharing sites to help guide you we have prepared the following do you guidelines. Ever love someone so much but you just don't fucking understand them and you want to wring their neck but you love them yes. I okay here we that's go that's her relationship with nintendo <laughs> yeah all right number one you may monetize your videos and channels using the monetization methods separately specified by nintendo other forms of monetization of our intellectual property for commercial purposes are not permitted number two we encourage you to create videos that include your creative input and commentary Videos and images that contain mere copies of Nintendo game content, all capitalized, without creative input or commentary are not permitted. You may, however, post gameplay videos and screenshots using Nintendo system features, such as the capture button and Nintendo on Nintendo Switch, without additional input or commentary. <sighs> Next, you are only permitted to use Nintendo game content that has been officially released or from promotional materials officially released by Nintendo, such as product trailers or Nintendo Directs. If you want to use the intellectual property of a third party, 
You are responsible for obtaining any necessary third-party permissions. You are not permitted to imply or state that your videos are officially affiliated with or sponsored by Nintendo. And finally, we reserve the right to remove any content that we believe is unlawful, infringing, inappropriate, or not in line with these guidelines. Please understand that we will not be able to respond to individual inquiries regarding these guidelines. Also, we <laughs> may update these. Also, we may update these guidelines from time to time. So please refer to the latest version for sharing your That's content. My favorite sentence now. Please understand that we will not be able to respond to individual inquiries <laughs> regarding these. So, if you need a That's little my refresher, default response on Instagram. Yeah, that's pretty good. Default response to everything. It's my D. Anybody DMs me, I'm like, please understand, I will not be able to respond to individual (laughs) inquiries. Oh my god, so good. Um, so so one before you go into any more, I just want to give a slow clap, slow clap for Nintendo uh, for finally coming around. So this is a write up from Polygon that came out in September, and this was regarding when the Nintendo first came out their content guidelines. This is from 2017. So just as a refresher, Nintendo first introduced its partners program back in March. Prior to the program, any monetization that came from using Nintendo gameplay footage would go to the company. Through the program, Nintendo agreed to quote share of these advertising agreed to share of these advertising proceeds for any YouTube videos or channels containing Nintendo copyrighted content that you register. The program allows YouTubers to submit full channels or specific videos for monetization, and the revenue share is 70% for channels and 60% for videos, but that may change according to Nintendo. So it was this weird old wonky thing where Nintendo and YouTube were like, okay, you can do your thing, but you're going to have to essentially enter into agreement with the both of us and split your revenue that way. Also, Nintendo content creators who were affiliated with the program were not allowed to live stream. In order to live stream a Nintendo game, you would have to use a different account that was not associated with your Nintendo account. So it's just, you know, it's just a thing. So I'm happy. Weird. I'm happy they're getting better at life. I'm happy they're joining the times. It's just, you know, it, it's the whole, or, it's a whole ordeal. Well, they've always the been the, they've always been the slowest to adapt to new ideas and things like that. So I like, this is sort of expected. I, I guess I would have, wouldn't have minded this earlier. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when the switch actually launched like i wonder right, what made them exactly. change their mind well they have i mean they have a new president so maybe there's some more progress happening you know it's just who knows what's going on in the house of nintendo it's such a secretive place i would Im- i would imagine the human cost for them to constantly monitor mm. youtube and submit individual <laughs> content id claims right mm-hmm. because that's true. while that's a, a lot of that system is automated you still have to have somebody on the end like Dealing clicking the it. right yeah, there's and like so, manual claims you have to go and through. also and also mm-hmm. how much were they really making from that split monetization system that it was worth it for them like you said like how, that it Can't was even worth it for them to continue <laughs> yeah. doing it it's as someone with a youtube channel here at what's good <laughs> we can tell you the google adsense ain't exactly paying the bills no <laughs> so how much of this was because they wanted the monetization but how much is it of it is we want to control the content that's put out there because you know what nintendo is so focused on their family friendly persona that uh you know i sure. can see this yeah i I think that's, well, I think you're right. That's right on the money. I think that that's yeah. not, that's because they've always been very specific about how the Nintendo brand and the image is used. And so YouTube must be a very scary thing for a company like Nintendo. Like I would imagine that would be very daunting for them because 
it's it's like putting out a, a game. It's like once it's out there, it's not yours anymore, right? And so Nintendo just really wanted to try to make it, keep it theirs for as long as humanly possible. And I think, you know, now they're just sort of maybe loosening up a little bit, which is nice. Well, if you see some of those indie games that are on their eShop, I mean... Yeah. Oh, we're gonna discuss party hard for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, like the, the dating sims on there. Yeah, like there's some, there's some. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy content. to see it. I'm happy to see it. You're growing up, Nintendo. You're doing good work. I'm proud of you. Just, I love you. I'm patient. Keep growing. Yeah, I'm doing. The I'm things. definitely happy to give a, another tip of the hat to Nintendo for tip of hat. for for making some progress here. And I think this is probably really great news to a lot of Nintendo creators out there yeah. that have been holding back. I know for one, we intentionally don't stream or upload Nintendo based content as far as gameplay is concerned because of their really strict YouTube policies. Yeah. And so this is really great news that, you know, maybe we can start doing more Mario Party streams. Maybe we can start inserting Nintendo footage when we want to talk about it. I'm so upset about Mario Party, you guys. We're going to talk about it, but I'm upset. Okay. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Um, let's take a short break to compose ourselves. Um, and when we come back, we will talk to you about what we have been playing and it's going to be a good one. So stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a few. Hashtag horse prints. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Welcome back, everybody. It is segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. That's right. It's time to talk about what we've been playing. And this week, it is brought to you by Robin Hood. That Robin Hood. No, not that guy. Not the guy that, uh, you know, has a little hat and a great mustache and, and really amazing tights. But instead... <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about the investing app, which we first talked about at the beginning of November that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, S's. So I said, was said this wrong. ETFs, I think is the correct way for me to say that options and cryptos all commission free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And it's a non-intimidating way for the stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. The design in the app is simple and intuitive, complemented by clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. Now, I don't consider myself to be a stock market expert, but Robinhood makes getting started with trading as easy as clicking a button. Other brokerages can charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood lets you keep all of your profits it's commission free. Now I know it may sound intimidating and I felt clueless when I got started with Robinhood, but they've got tons of articles with knowledge on specific companies, trends, and more. And if you're interested in learning, they've got easy to understand charts and market data and their notification alerts give you helpful tips. So when stock prices go up or down and my favorite feature, when earnings calls are happening, so you can just click and listen in live directly from the app, which I really love. If you guys want to try Robinhood out, you can get a free stock to help start your portfolio. I got a free stock of Groupon. It was great. I feel really invested now. Um, by heading over to whatsgood.robinhood.com to get your free stock from companies like Apple, Ford, or Sprint by signing up today. That's whatsgood, W-H-A-T-S-G-O-O-D, you know us, what's good, dot Robinhood, all one word, R-O-B-I-N-H-O-O-D, you know Robinhood, dot com, and you guys can get your free stock to start getting started in Robinhood today. And it's um, it's been a whole learning experience for me. 
really starting to take some interest in what's happening with the markets. And the markets have been up for for quite a while now, which is what my financial advisor just told me. I had a meeting with him like a week ago to talk about about adult things like starting an IRA and, and, you know, like looking at maybe starting a, a health savings account and other things. And I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I started looking, uh, you know, at the stock market with this app I'm using and I was telling him all about it and he was like, oh, I haven't even used that before. So I think I turned my, even my financial You're advisor. You're a real adult, Andrea me. Renee. I'm trying to adult the best I can. It's smart. We all are. <laughs> We're trying. <coughs> Adulting oh, it. Me. I'm choking on a, I'm choking on a peanut. Um, but thank you so much to Robinhood for supporting What's Good Games. Again, what's good.robinhood.com to get your free stock. Now on to what we've been playing. And um, as we alluded to in the top of the show, Steimer and I had some shenanigans <laughs> in Red Dead Online. <laughs> she laughs. She giggles. That's not a good sign. Yes. <laughs> and by yes. shenanigans, I mean we murdered each other. That happened. But on purpose? That's the question. Uh, yeah, on, pur- on yes. purpose. But Uh-oh. not. it didn't start out this way. So I will tell the no. first part of the story. Okay. Okay. So... How Red Dead drops you, or online, I should say, drops you in, like, you get, again, there's a prison thing. Obviously, you're not in prison forever, because otherwise that would be really <laughs> Horse makes you a cake with a file in it. Yes, exactly. Breaks you out right. of jail. Yes. Right. Um. So once you are free, one of the first things it does is it puts you into a mission where you're kind of forced to matchmake with other people. And I think in that instance, you aren't allowed to really grief the other players, because... Uh, as I was riding my horse to this location, the one player jumped off their horse and onto my horse. However, it just had them riding along on the back of me. Like it just basically added them to the horse's butt and they were riding along. Just, and I was like, oh, that's super cute. This must be how jumping to horses works in Red Dead Online. <laughs> so <laughs> then once finally Andrea and I are in a place where we can group together, we start going off and I'm like, oh, Andrea, hold like, and I'm like, wait a minute. And like, so I run up alongside her horse, hit, jump to horse. I like punch her off her horse, <gasps> steal her horse. And it's like, horse thief. And then like, she becomes an enemy. And I was like, oh my God, I did not think that would happen. I thought it, this was going to be super cute. I thought I was going to hop on the back of your horse and we and, were like, going to ride along put your together. arms around her yeah. waist and yeah. off you would go. Yeah. Start you legit. horse thief. And then, yeah. And then, so once that... <laughs> scale tip to the like, evil what are you side doing? i just rolled with it like i just was like well to. i guess i'm evil and yeah. uh i went around after that we still tried to group and then we were having issues um mostly because we couldn't figure out if we were still in a posse or not in a posse like we couldn't mm-hmm. i think once i had done a bad deed toward her we had issues like getting back together Broke the gang that up. sounds about right i mean that sounds like real life right <laughs> yeah <there>. so <laughs> it's it very clearly has some technical kinks they're working out it's a beta so i'm not gonna like you know rake them over the coals or anything like that like they said like yo it's a beta we got to work some stuff out i get it um we had some difficulty starting a posse so there's two ways to start a posse you can do a temporary posse which is just like a something it's you a do in session and you can invite either nearby players in the world or you can invite people from your friends list that are logged on or you can start a permanent posse, which is seven players, and it costs $200 in-game to start, which is really difficult to get in Red Dead Online, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But So we clearly didn't start a permanent posse, which we want to do eventually, but I just hit my hand because I want to point to the camera and make a quick point. Okay. Uh, no pun intended. 
shout out to RJ Bryan. He made us a What's Good Gang. Did you see this graphic? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, it's cute. Nice. So we will start eventually our own posse because we've gotten a lot of questions about that. Um, but I don't think we games. can make, I don't think we can make a group the way they want us to make a group. Well, it's because you're oh. going around punching people off the horses. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Well, I, if posses can only be seven people deep. Yeah. It's listen, we'll be... just have to kick you out from time to time. If you're not bringing in the gold bars, if you're not <laughs> killing enough people, tipping enough cows, you're That's out. That's how a real tipping. posse would work. It's true. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Anyway, the best. That is all. The cream of the crop. So we had some trouble, obviously, syncing up. But when we finally did, we're like, let's go try one of these missions together. Mm-hmm. And um, so we did one of the first missions. And it went pretty well, I would say. What was the mission? You know what? I don't think we ever actually did a mission together. Because what happened oh. was we went to that first town. We went to uh, Rhodes. And then Rhodes, I yeah. we got slightly separated. I did one mission. You did another and oh maybe that's what i maybe i'm thinking about the mission i did after you logged off yeah because we never actually successfully did anything we did two tandem missions that's right you did a mission and then i did each other (laughs) we did each other so shot each other well we were outside we were outside of a saloon and then steimer went to steal my horse no second no that is not what happened here is what happened tell me what happened (laughs) <laughs> what happened was we both went into this story mission and we were supposed to go in together, but we couldn't figure out how to make it work because it wasn't, again, I don't think it recognized that we were in a group or if it was, maybe you can't go into cutscenes together. I don't know. We didn't figure it out. But she went in. She's like, oh, shit. Sorry, I already started this mission. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just park my horse oh, next to your horse. I forgot about this. Uh-huh. Oh, no. See? Selective memory. Uh, so then <laughs> I go into the cutscene. She obviously gets out earlier. And she's like, oh, I do see your horse here. I'm going to tell your horse to flee. I was like, you better not tell my horse to flee. That's really rude. Like, I need my horse. She's like, no, I'm going to. And so she does. And so as soon as I get out, I was oh. like, you bitch. Where's my yeah, horse? Yeah, but the horse didn't run that far away. No. It was just up the road. So, but you have horse insurance. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, we did. But so then you're like, I'm going to go. And then I was like, no. And so I punched you off your horse again. I stole your horse. And then, but then you point blank shot horse me. horse thief. And then and I then shot you. Shot me in the head. <laughs> and I died. And I was like, okay, I do not want to be this part is a of real this wild west experience. Can I just say, mission of some back every level for Red Dead Online. Backstabbing bitches better. right here. No, thank you. So I respawn. She's <laughs> off running somewhere else. I finally, I get back into the world. I get back on my horse and I'm like, wait, Andrew, like, wait for me. Like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, and then so I run up behind her and she's like, wait, are you following me? <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. Of course I'm following you. What do you mean? We're in a group together. And she's like, you're not going to shoot me, are you? And I was like, huh. So then I did take out my gun and <laughs> I shot her multiple times until she died. Wow. <laughs> and then I laughed so hard that I started crying. And then I was like, I think I need to go to bed now. <laughs> like I said, I, that seems like a really authentic Wild West experience. Like, I, wow, I buy it. I feel yeah. like I'm. Wow. I feel like I think they the really to... did what they were, what they set out to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. I agree. But I think the thing to note here is that clearly our posse wasn't working because we turned friendly fire off in our posse. No, this sounds like something therapy needs to solve. I'm just <laughs> and, and we were able to both murder each other. So clearly we were not in a posse together. I mean, um, yeah, I think as soon as the, as soon as I like accidentally did a negative thing, it t- kicks you out of a posse. But yeah, I should have been able to. I, I don't know. It was weird. So it yeah. sounds like there's just maybe some the book was just because... a friendly fire book. Yeah. yeah or maybe it's not. Because so... you can hurt your horse, like, in the game. 
Oh, so, oh, I did that too. I ran straight into a, a pole, mm-hmm. an electricity right. pole. God, can I just say those videos, those compilation videos of people just wiping the fuck out on those horses makes me so laugh sad. so hard every it's time. Just, it's so frustrating because like I was riding, everything was fine. And then like just the tiniest little motion on the sticks on the controller and bam, my horse goes face first into a pole <laughs> and then it almost dies. And I'm like, what the hell? See, like, that's a loyal horse. That's a loyal ass horse. <laughs> no, a horse would never run into a pole Unless face it first. Was so loyal no, that it horses are not every that command. Horses are smarter. I would than run into a tree for you, cars. Andrea. That's true. A horse oh, would thank not, you, like Brittany. I appreciate said, that. Not, a horse would not <laughs> run into a post. <laughs> it could be like the Dudley Do Right so horse. Funny. That's why it's so funny. It could is, be like the Dudley Do Right horse. Well done. It is loyal. Funny. Loyal, so, and stupid. Um, clearly, online has has some bugs. I want to c- talk about a couple other things that I'm a little bit concerned about that I hope that they fix. Um, first thing, one of the best parts about Red Dead Redemption Two is just exploring the open world and coming across random encounters throughout the world. People have talked about it endlessly, about how they just love riding from place to place, just seeing what's going to happen along the path. Uh Do not expect that to happen in Red Dead Online, at least not now. The world is incredibly empty when you're not running into other players. There are some NPCs from time to time, but I have yet to come across any random encounters like I came across in, in the main campaign. Mm. That's interesting. And that, and that was a bum and that was a bummer because the fast travel system is still not up to what I would deem um suitable standards. They have improved it in the sense that you can fast travel um more easily. You don't have to take necessarily take a wagon from place to place. They have like a fast travel stand mm-hmm. at towns. But the kicker, it costs money to use the fast travel system, whereas in the campaign, it only costs money if you're using the train or if you're using the the coaches. Mm. If you use the fast travel from camp, it doesn't cost you money. I mean, Here, it does when every, has an initial cost and then doesn't cost Or, yeah, you pay to unlock it. Right. But you don't pay per fast travel. Per travel. Mm. Right. In Red Dead Online, you pay per fast travel no matter which way you fast travel. Oh, wow. And that is really shitty considering that the map is completely unlocked in Red Dead Online. And when Steimer was dropped into the world... Her base camp was really far away from where my base camp was. So we both had to oh. pay money to fast travel to get towards each other. You can't fast travel to somebody if you posse up with somebody. It, no, it fast traveled me to you. Well, it, we, the, we had to fast, we fast traveled to Blackwater, I think. Maybe it, it was just when I tried to posse up with you after we got disconnected yeah. that I, it dumped me in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. because of a bug and then i had to like just take a fast travel to where you were in valentine i think that's what happened because uh yeah ever s- when uh, the initial posseing up worked fine i teleported to you but then okay. uh, then again after the horse <laughs> horse kerfuffle uh things <laughs> did not quite work the way i think we wanted them to <laughs> well that that's good to know if it's working but the second time it didn't work and more and another experience that i had after you logged off and i was playing by myself is i tried to move my camp so you have like a, a camp like your base camp that you can upgrade and, and and things like that and then you can move it around you have this guy crips who kind of like manages your camp for you 
And so I decided to move my camp because it was on the far side of the map. And I was like, why is it over there? And then I moved it and then it put it into the wrong section of the world. And I was like, huh. I didn't say – I didn't want it over there, and so I had to move it again. It took me five times of moving it for it to get into the right part of the world. Yikes. And even then, when I pulled it up on the map, it showed Mm -hmm. that it was in um, a different section. But when I rode past it, I'm like, wait, it's right there. I can see it. And um, then I had to remind myself, oh, yeah, this is a beta. So just like some things that are that are kind of coming up on my radar is like, oh, I hope that they can work out these issues with the fast travel system mm-hmm. because money is really hard to come by. I read an article, I believe it was on <clears throat> either Kotaku or Polygon today. No, I think it was actually on IGN about how fast you can earn gold and gold bars. So there's dual currency in online, which is to be expected because they're going to let you buy mm-hmm. currency like they do in GTA online. And then there's currency that you can just earn by doing stuff in the world. Okay. And the gold nuggets that you earn are dripped out at a glacial pace, to say the least. Um, the calculations that we've seen so far on Reddit are the quickest that you can earn one full gold bar just by doing world activities. And that does not include loading time. Mm-hmm. is eight hours for one gold bar of Ooh. gameplay. So they extrapolated that saying, if we were able to successfully do these kinds of missions, it would take three 40-hour weeks of play to unlock the basic level of horses. Wow. I wish... I don't have any that's experience. Bad. No, that's <laughs> awful. I don't have any experience with Grand Theft Auto Online, but I would... I. I I feel like we don't hear these complaints with it. Maybe we do. Maybe I'm just... Well, that game has also been optimized for several years, But you right? would think that they would take what they've learned from that game and apply it to this, right? Well, there's, there's, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, there's a lot of money sinks in that game, too. And so, I mean, it's that's the age-old, you know, carrot stick thing where it's just like, oh, well, we're just going to... We, we encourage you to play the game a whole lot to make money or... Go to our store and buy bars. It's so easy. Anybody can mm-hmm. do it if you have a credit card and a job. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a child to spend all of your money. Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong. I guess the point I was trying to make is you would hope that they wouldn't put... Because I've also... We've had some tweets sent to us to the What's Good underscore Games Twitter account of people screenshotting things and saying, oh my gosh, this is so pay to win. This is so unfair. Why is it like this? Grand Theft Auto Online is so much smoother. I obviously can't speak to that because I don't have experience with Grand Theft Auto Online, but I mean, it's a beta, like you said. I guess take it for what it is. Maybe they'll uh, adjust it over time. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm totally assuming they will adjust it and make it, you know, better for the children and the adults. And the adults who are working hard for their children to spend money. They very clearly said they want feedback and that they're going to be making adjustments and and things like that. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I just like, the world right now just doesn't feel like there's enough to do. Um, mm-hmm. I did do one of the modes where it was a, a master archery competition. And the, what will happen is, is while you're kind of wandering through the open world of, um, of Red Dead 2, they'll, something will pop up on your screen. It'll be like, hold for me on, on PlayStation was hold the options button to to participate and so i kept taking them just to be like oh i need to just like try them out and see what they are um 
the first one they dropped me into was just like a headshot competition. It was just like a like a free for all, like get as many headshots on everybody playing in the game world mm-hmm. as as humanly possible. And so it was not really fun. I'm just going to say that because these guns in Red Dead, I, you guys have already heard me ad nauseum talk about how I don't like the combat in Red Dead. But doing it in a PvP sense is is sluggishly terrible. Um, and I hate these guns. And the guns you get at the beginning of Red Dead Online are bad. Yeah, you get like a pellet and, gun. It's weird. And it's like, I'm worried about how the implications for pay to win are going to affect uh, mm. guns and things like that. Because you have cards now for your abilities that unlock your dead eye and mm. things like that. It's too early to say how that's going to ripple out. So I don't want to, I don't want to hypothesize or go down a path. So I'm sure. just going to shelve that for now. The next thing I played was a master archery competition, which I thought was just hitting targets, but there's a twist. You hit targets, but there's also a lot of people out there with bows that can kill you. So you have to hit as many targets as possible, but also kill people along the way because they're going to kill you. real people or NPC people? No, like actual other players oh. in the world. It's a PvP. It's a PvP master archery competition where you get points for hitting bullseyes on targets in the game world. But also, there's people running around just shooting you. Like there was one guy oh, who was running around who had no interest in hitting the actual bullseyes and was just pulled out his gun, even though it was supposed to be a bow only mode, huh. and just started shooting people with his gun just for funsies. Well, that's while lame. everyone was. Yeah, but this is the problem with, like, an because online in the, world, right? Well, if I'm not mistaken, in the game, aren't there, like, quests where if you even unholster your weapon, like, it's a fail. It's a mission fail, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. how why you not implement that into the online stuff? So, right now, my understanding is that there's no way to signal that you are pacifist. The only thing you can do is when you're in your camp, you can wa- raise a white flag. Right. Yes. And that prevents other players from killing you in your camp. Mm. If you lower it, you have to wait another 30 seconds to raise it again. Um, again, this is probably something we'll see come into Red right. Dead, cause it's in Grand Theft Auto Online, right? It's on GTA mm-hmm. Online that you can be like, don't hurt me, please. I'm just someone trying to enjoy the world and the city. I'm a simple taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. Cause I've heard some awful griefing stories from people who are just like in a store and this girl kept getting killed over and over and over again. She was getting hogtied and dragged around and, ugh. Yeah, no, it's bad. But in particularly in the story missions, they force you to matchmake, which I'm like, why would I have to matchmake in a story mission? So one of the missions, I'm not going to go into details, but it requires four people and you each get get on your horse and you each have to hog tie a, a different like a uh, bandit in, in the mission. Mm-hmm. And then okay. you have to pick up the bandit that's hog tied and deliver them to a specific spot. What happens is, is like if somebody doesn't hog tie their person fast enough, you fail the mission. If somebody quits the mission mid mission, you fail the mission. I just want to roam around. It's Gross. like it's uh, clearly yeah. there's a lot of kinks to be worked out. And so what I learned in my brief time with Red Dead Online is maybe I don't want to play this right now. Maybe I want somebody else to work out the kinks. And I got lots of other stuff to play, and I'll come mm-hmm. back later. Yeah. Um. So that's what I have to say about that right now, but we'll probably have more to say about that later. Um, I want to talk about, Ashley, you alluded to Party Hard. I did. This game. <laughs> okay. So, so I, wanted to talk, game. I wanted to talk about that and anything else that you've been playing right now that you would like to chat about. Well, so real briefly, I'll touch on Fallout 76. Obviously, this is a this is a game topic that has been beaten to death. Um, but I, like, I have not 
experienced some of the more game-breaking bugs, like uh, our friend, our mutual friend, Mike Drucker. Did you happen to read that article he wrote about he, him playing Fallout 76? Because this is the game that he's worthy of. It's <laughs> one of the funniest what? articles I've ever amazing. read. It's No, amazing. I haven't seen that yet, but you I was just so talking funny. to him earlier this week. Go hunt it down. It's so funny. So he talks okay. about like how he's not worthy of love and that's why he's playing Fallout. It's really funny. Oh no. It's it's really, really funny. So he he's been playing it and apparently he's had a problem where the game just uninstalls itself. It's like, trying to tell him no. And what? he keeps and coming he back. Re- yeah, and then he reinstalls <laughs> it and then logs back in to see how much progress he has lost. Which is really bad. Why? Really it's like bad. cutting how yourself much progress does he lose? In the arm. And then putting salt in that wound and then pouring alcohol on that wound and then pouring salt and then having like, I don't know, someone with a gross mouth disease licking that wound. Like, why would you do that to yourself? That's a really gross. But he explains that in the article. That's what that's like. Please read that right up because it's very funny. Wow. Um, But, uh, but that's one of the problems he's had. And then like, I've seen other people who are like, I literally can't see like enemies or like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of glitches in Fallout 76. Sure. And which is, can I just say that, like, as a person who is a fan of Bethesda, I love what they do. Um, it is shocking to me that they have used this game engine for as long as they've had and have this many problems launching a game on the same yeah. platform. It's like, it, I, I don't get that. So, and you know what? To be fair, I am not a game developer. I cannot speak to the difficulties of creating a game. Bless them for all working so hard. On, on the game, like, I appreciate that regardless of the state of the game when it launched, a lot of people worked really flipping hard on it, and I respect that and, and appreciate them, like, times a thousand. But also, like, how is this game so unstable? Like, it's, it's kind of weird. So, anyway, um, I have had a lot of fun because I am not a builder, and fortunately, my husband loves sandbox games where he can build stuff so he's the guy he's the um gatherer and i'm the hunter so i basically am like go out i'm like a reaver and i go like do all the missions and get all the stuff and we've been having a lot of fun kind of like playing playing around in the wasteland but like it's so like you were saying about red dead online it's it feels so empty and like there are some times when i log in and play that game and I'm glad it is. And it does feel like a true wasteland, right? So it always struck me as odd in the Fallout games that there were so many people. There were like settlements and all this stuff and people who had survived and whatever. But in Fallout 76, it's like, it should feel empty and barren because these are the first people emerging from the first vault, you know? And and so I understand the choice to do it that way, but also like it it is maybe too lonely. And I, I almost argue that there's not enough players per server. Like, and I don't know if that's a game limitation. Like what, what was the limitation on the server? Do you guys remember? It's like 24. I don't remember. 60? It's under a hundred uh, for the fallout 76 maps. Yeah. I, I can't remember well, what the limit that? was. I'll find out for you, but it's, it's not a lot. And the thing is, is the maps are relatively large. Like it's, the map is not tiny. Um, it reminds me of like a very, you know, pretty standard, like expanded sort of fallout map, but it, there are some really good quests that are done with voiceover and, you know, there's like a cold case mystery that you solve kind of earlier on and stuff. 
I like all of that. I think it's really well done, but, but yeah, I just, there's something missing there. And I feel really bad that like that game is going to have to probably go free to play at some point. And I would imagine that's probably what they should have done. Yes. Um, it should have just immediately been a free to play game with microtransactions for like decorating your camp. Right. Like, so the, the limit, sorry, is 24. Yeah, 24. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it feels a little bit, it feels a little bit lonely. It's, it it really Mm -hmm. feels lonely. And it's like, Every now and again, I run into players and like, it is kind of, to be fair, it is an exciting event when you run into somebody else because it's rare, but, um, but it also, it, it, because there are no NPCs, because there are no actual other people you're interacting with, there are robots that you can talk to and, um, and then you have hollow tapes and everything. It just, there's something missing there. There's like that je ne sais quoi of what makes Fallout so special. It's just, it feels like the, the, it feels like the 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 power armor is there but there's no one in the suit like if that makes sense like it's just good it's yeah there's there's no one there's no one inside the power armor suit and it's like i wanted that humanity because that's one of the things that makes fall kind of special right is like the good or bad humanity of the people who have survived the the waste the wastelands it's like that's that's a really integral part of the storytelling for me anyway so that was um it's a little bit of a bummer, like, but it is really fun playing with friends. Like, if you're playing Fallout with friends and you don't have game breaking bugs, it's actually like not bad. It's, <laughs> it's a Fallout game; it feels fine. But I'm with yeah, you. I've had fun with it. I've had fun with it. Yeah. Um, I talked about this last week. I think it was. I haven't had any too crazy happen. Craziest thing is enemies don't take damage, and the character models are in their T pose. But uh, that's basically. It. I'm having fun playing with my husband too. It's fun just yeah. to kind of play something mindless and silly and build a camp together and uh, yeah. all that but uh yeah, yeah like i don't i don't mind that at all and it's like i it's it's fine like i don't it's yeah. not great or it's good fine. it's fine it's that 55 metacritic score i'm like that's fine that's that's half <laughs> it's fine like that's what it feels like um but i party, just, I just par- think i'm just with hard. you that yeah they should just make it free to play yeah. just, yeah, do it just make it free to play and then do the micro make really cool decor for the microtransactions, like for yeah. your camp there's something there. I think there's something with this game that can be really great. Yeah. It's just way it's a little too misguided. Early. I think it's a, a little sixty dollar price tag, not warranted in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we'll see how this game progresses. Yeah. Also, it'd be. I'm really curious as to what it looks like in six months. Um, really curious. Uh, but party hard. So, I I don't know if anybody's even heard of this game. Uh, yeah, I played it on Xbox. Yeah, it was. It's been on Steam for a long time, and actually, Party Hard Two is out. Um, but Party Hard recently came out on Switch uh, over, I think, Thanksgiving weekend. And if there is a game like a little indie weird, I love weirdo indie games like more than anything. And if there's a little weirdo indie game that is perfect for the Switch, it is Party Hard. It's exactly <laughs> the right game to just carry around with you. And like, if you haven't played it, you're a guy who hates all these loud parties that are happening and you go on a murder spree and basically every single level is just one screen and it's very like 8-bit looking um, and you are walking around and you have to murder everyone at the party without getting caught uh, and you can like hide bodies and you can like set traps and all this stuff and it and it has like really like mediocre kind of like techno music playing like it's ridiculous. This game is ridiculous, but it's so fun. And like, I could not stop playing it over Thanksgiving weekend. I was like, I'm oddly mesmerized. I feel like I have to get through it. Like, I have to play this game all the way through. And now I'm like, why don't they have Party R2 out on Switch? That's a so tiny sad. build game, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I watched Jason play that for hours and it's 
freaking hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's, so it's a ridiculous yeah. game. I mean, like when you use the phones and suddenly like an army of madmen or sorry, not madmen, Mad Max cosplayers show up and then like just start like yelling at people at the party. <laughs> then like the SWAT team will show up and just start like taking people out. You can poison the food. Everybody starts getting sick. It's so it's so weird. It's and like eight bit so hitman. Like eight bit hitman. That's a good yeah. way to put put it. It's officially called an action stealth video game. <laughs> and it says your neighbors are having a loud party. Stop them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's pretty yeah, that's pretty much it. And you go to like a biker party and a casino, and then there's a really good one in a bus. Like you're in inside a bus and there's a whole bunch of people you have to kill and you have to figure out like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And then you get like a stun bomb and then you stun everybody and then you just walk you just around while they're sleeping and just take them out. Bop, bop, great. bop. So great. I remember one level I had, like there was a horse in the party. Like there was just a horse in the house. Yeah. And you can scare the and horse. And you can scare the horse and then it kicks someone to death, I think. Yep. You can kick <laughs> yep. somebody to death with a horse. Uh, you can like set explosions in like the kitchens, like fires and stuff like that. There's one level where you can literally drop out the electrocute or drop out the entire dance floor. And so anybody on the dance floor gets like killed immediately. You can start. Oh no, they're just trying to get their groove on and you murder them. Hey, they're being loud, Andrea. It's past noise curfew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Get it together. As a, as a 35 year old adult now, like I appreciate the protagonist in that game. You're a hero in to a way, all of us. In a way that I couldn't have 10 years ago. Like, I just could not have related. But there are nights where I'm just like, I would like to kill the people next door to me because they are playing music on a Tuesday at 5 a.m. Like, I am going to lose Ugh. it. So, yeah. Slight wish I'm only 30. But, that makes me clench. Ugh. But it's so fun. It's it's a real great, like, pick up and play game. So it's really, it's a delight. If, you you're weird, if you're weird, if you're weird and macabre like I am, it's it, please buy it. It's so good. All right, Brittany, I've got five minutes for you to talk about my horse prince. Mm. Oh, I think we can make it We're, ten. I think we can make it ten. Uh, <laughs> nay, that's a good dolphin horse. Hybrid. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, so I'm not even gonna pretend like I know what this game is about. I know nothing about this game. I was drunk in Las Vegas on Saturday night, and I was going through my Facebook feed. As you do. Mm-hmm. Having a nice hot bath, relaxing from a... Wait, a wait. Ni- you were drunk on a Saturday night in the bathtub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after, like, a night of drinking, <laughs> you kind of, like, go back to your, like, hotel. And- Why are you going back on Saturday night? Please tell me it was actually Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, it was, like, it was probably, like, midnight. It was past midnight. Wait, no, midnight in Vegas? Okay, we'll talk about this later. Listen, I had some really <laughs> bad food at a restaurant. I was Aww. having... A night. I'm sorry. It's fine. Now I feel like an asshole. No, 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 don't. Okay, you I, should. Okay, no. okay, my horse prince. <laughs> so I'm going through Facebook, scrolling through, and I'm part of a group that's uh, made of, uh, I don't know, like the other people who play video games. Anyway, one of them was like, hey, oh, did you see this game? Do you think you could play this? And it was a screenshot of this hot-faced anime man, but with a horse's body. I'm like, okay. Like a centaur. But yeah. not, it's, it's like not well designed. It's like a copy paste, like somebody copy pasted an yeah, anime yeah, yeah. face. It's I not have like to look awkward. this up immediately, by the yeah. way. Okay, so right. oh, while my. Up, oh my. I'm going to read the Wikipedia because, again, I'm not going to pretend like I even know what this game's about. Okay. <clears throat> my Horse Prince is a 2016 Japanese Otome, I hope I said that right, game for mobile devices. It was developed by Usaya and was released in, Jap- in Japanese during November 2016 and in English the following month for iOS and Android. 
The game's story follows a young woman who finds herself taking ownership of and reluctantly falling for a horse with a human face. Oh my god, no, t- let me, let me paint a picture for people who are watching and listening. <laughs> this is, is not like, a, this is not like a centaur. This is literally a horse. Imagine an anime horse. Just a beautiful horse. Now imagine that horse's long snout is gone and there's just a human anime man face there. There's but a with long horse High Long horse neck, neck ho- horse legs, horse ears. <laughs> oh, this yes. is deeply unsettling. This is deeply unsettling. <laughs> this is free. This game is face. free. Okay, hey guys. So while these horse sounds are going, I'm going to read you the plot of this. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's a good. The horse game sound. story centers upon. <laughs> okay, I can do it. With the the game. Horse- Wait, give me the horse sound. Okay. 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 Hit us with the horse sound. The game's story centers upon a young businesswoman who has spent most of her life working as such, has had no significant other and low prospects to find one. She decides okay, what is to happening? leave her job. She decides to leave her job and visit a racing horse ranch with the assumption that it could be full of handsome young men. When she arrives, she is dismayed to find it bereft of potential dating candidates and is shocked to discover a horse named Yuma with an attractive human face. She questions the ranch owner about this and is told that Yuma is a normal horse. She just sees a human face because some women born in the horse, the year of the horse, have the ability to see horses as attractive men. Wait, Yuma what? and the ranch owner persuade the woman to become the horse's owner against her own better judgment. And as she spends more time with Yuma preparing him for an upcoming race, she is surprised and somewhat horrified to find herself falling for him. Wait, that she buys with him the horse man? Yes, she buys yeah. the horse okay, man. Yeah, okay, so I have screenshots because I knew there's no way I was going to remember all the shit there's that's going on. There's a power dynamic at play here that I don't like. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> you must love me. I own you. Okay, so also, you... Also, win your races or else it's too or also, here's a Can Here's you a picture of my horse husband factory? drinking coffee that's and like having DLC, a cigarette. I think. Ugh. Okay, so you go to this ranch and you're like, oh my gosh, I need hot guys. And then this horse trots up and he has a hot anime boy face, and you're like, oh my god, this is a hot anime boy face horse. And the owner's like, no, dog, that's a normal horse, but you were born in the year of the horse, therefore you see, a, see him as a hot man. So you somehow fall for so this like it's, horse so man. So like, this is straight up bestiality. Yeah, because it's I, a I don't real know, horse yeah, I don't that know. she sees. Horse. It's like... No, it is. No, no, because I don't know. A shallow howl situation? Yes. Yes. Instead of- <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I have a so feeling we're upsetting. in for the plot twist of the century, ladies and gentlemen, where she's going to realize she fell, bonked her head, and she's been daydreaming this whole time. And then Hot Horseman is actually a human with an actual penis. No, but what I'm thinking, no, do you want to know? No, I, I, I'm figuring. I'm still playing this, okay. so I want to know. So you go to this 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 ranch, and this guy's like, "Hey, here's this horse. Why don't you help me train him for a race?" And you're like, "All right." So how this game works is that there's certain missions, and these missions essentially you have to tap your screen. So the first mission is you have to train your horse for a race. Therefore, you have a million treadmills at your disposal. So you have to tap all the treadmills and he gets... Horses the don't animations, run on treadmills. D- dude, these <laughs> animations really are treadmill. the funniest. <laughs> these animations, funniest damn thing you'll ever see. This horse running on a treadmill. Uh, right now, my horse is surfing on a surfboard. Um, Does and it you, look like quap animations? No, no, no. Like there's These are full-fledged animations. They're just very mm. exaggerated and silly. And so you have to, every time you tap on a treadmill, you have an energy meter of 100 and that slowly drains. The more it drains, the less points you get for running on said treadmills to the point where you get to zero energy. You can't do anything. So you have to chat with your horse and he asks you the same questions over and over again. But if you answer correctly, he gets 30% extra energy. 
Now, after mm. three questions, you can only ask them a question every 30 minutes. Well, you have to wait 30 minutes until you can ask them the next question, I think is what it is. Or you can watch advertisements. See, Andrea? Go ahead. He's surfing right now. Right now, I'm at the beach with my horse. Tap on tap on one of those waves. What the horse would do. Definitely would fit on a surfboard. Oh, oh, why is he moving like that? I'm telling you, it's the most awkward, entertaining thing ever. So the first time I uh, ran him on treadmills. I mean, we can't see that. I know, but the people watching at home can. People watching. So apparently, about them. I want to see. So, so he he runs on treadmills, and then he suddenly, then he wakes up in your house. You wake up in your house, and your horse is in there. He's cutting you green onions, and then he cuts you dozens and dozens of green onions. He's How also wearing can he sunglasses cut you like green onions? He and she has no hands. She asks this question. Your your girl asks this question. She's like, I don't know how she how he's doing this, but he does it. He holds a cigarette. He, anyway, just it's it's free. I did play pay ninety nine cents to get rid of the ads, oh but it is a free game. Oh, I see the screenshot where he's cutting green onions. That's so upsetting. Yeah, and so I have to know. <laughs> I have to know if she no, bangs this horse. I want to know how this ends. I don't. I mean, I don't want to be told. It I doesn't find end well. So fun That's fact: apparently, there was a Japanese. This was a Japanese game, and then this is the English release. And mm-hmm. the localization apparently is very good, like compared to the Japanese version. Like it's really, really good. Preserves mm-hmm. like the jokes and the references, like pop culture stuff. Like preserves a lot of it very well. I will say the the translation. It is very yeah. It, it's great localization. It, it reminds me of the silly anime you'll find in a humor. You know, it has the same sort of um, facial expressions. If you watch anime, you know, of like the falling over, the um, little silly like cute like distressed eyes i don't know it's funny in no way shape or form would i recommend this game if it wasn't free it's I'm not even a get game it. it's not I'm, even I'm a downloading game just, it just right now give yourself 15 <laughs> minutes and experience it and we can bond over this it's quite the thing all right well on that note <laughs> we're gonna take our final break of the show when we come back we're taking your dear wgg questions and talking about what it is exactly that Ashley does and what is the siren song of Splatoon 2 for her. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to segment three of the What's Good Games podcast. This is the part of the show where we take your questions and we're going to talk with our lovely guest, Miss Ashley Ithgeta. What is the correct way to say your last name? It's really easy once you pronounce it right the first time. So you got it, which is Eskeva. Oh, yes. yes. The, the, D, the D sounds like, the D-A at the end of my last name sounds like the word the. Eskeva. Yeah, perfect. Oh, ah, okay. Eskeva. So I like it. I was going to, yeah. okay, I like it. It sounds like the I word mean, the at the end. It's super, super easy. But the D-A trips people up. They say a squida, mm-hmm. skata, you know, that's, there's a lot of that. I understand nice. that plight. Yeah. I know, me too. Um, Watcher. Well, she has been so gracious to join us so far for the show, talking about games she's been playing, give us some insight on t- to the news that's happening. And I wanted to talk a little bit about your Splatoon fandom, because one of the things oh. that I was so glad that we got to do together I mentioned, obviously, at the top of the show, we worked back in the day at thisweekend.com. Mm-hmm. But more recently, we got to work together at the Nintendo World Championship. And oh, you sorry. have been shoutcasting periodically for Nintendo for Splatoon. So this is something I think a lot of people 
don't realize that you do, that you are not only a big Nintendo fan and a big Splatoon fan, but that you are really good at shoutcasting. We had so much fun. Um, it was great. Yeah, like, for just Nintendo World Championships in and of itself. So I love the movie The Wizard. And so when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was go and be in the Nintendo World Championship. Like, that was my life goals. That was it. Like, I was very jealous of Fred Savage. And I was very upset when I found out that, like, there was one and I didn't go. Like, I was sad. So, um, and I was like, someday I'm going to be in the Nintendo World Championships. And I didn't get to be a competitor, but, like, beyond my wildest dreams, I got to, like, shoutcast and, like, shoutcast Mario Kart and Tetris. And, God, the Tetris round was absolutely bonkers. So much fun. Remember, like, no, none of the younger kids, like, knew how to play Tetris. It was amazing. Um, they, yeah. all, they were all so bad at it. It was great. It was uh, sad and tragic in a way. It was really sad. And then, like, the Donkey Kong level, like, it looked really easy, and then everybody just kept blowing it, like, on the cart, um, the minecart level. Oh, oh, my God. I'm so good at that level. Yeah, and so it was so funny because, like, I was watching it, and I'm like, God, come on, kids. This is, like, basic platforming 101. Like, you got to get with the program. And, like, they kept, man, people were just, mm-hmm. oh, man, those mine, those mine carts were just dropping out of the sky. They were just dropping down. But, but I, um, my mind was blown by that, the Mario Kart champion, the oh, kid, yeah. I think, who was, like, 14. He was like, yeah, he was a kid. And I was just like, I had no idea that apparently the key to winning every Mario Kart race is you just have to drift the entire time. It's all drift. Just drift. Drift and boost. Drift and boost. Drift and boost. Drift and boost. So it's like the whole, that is literally the name of the game. Drift and boost. Yep. So yeah, like we, so getting to do that was like, that was amazing. That was really fun to even just be in the room. Like that was so cool. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, so I, I've done, um, I've gotten a shout cast with Jordan Kent. Um, for a couple Ugh, E3s in so a row, good. which is pretty cool. And Jordan is like, the man is a machine. He's so good at, he makes he's, me. He's every host's dream co-host. He really is. You could not possibly ask for somebody better standing next to you because not only is he a really good play-by-play guy, he's also an incredible analyst and a really great desk anchor. So he does all three and not only does he do it for Splatoon, he does it for, he did it for ARMS. He's done it for Smash Brothers. Like, he does it for everything. And he has these note cards, these five by seven index cards that literally just have every, I mean, every fact you could possibly imagine right now. I mean, he does so much homework. Um, he made me better at shoutcasting just based on the quality of his work. I was like, I have to step my game up. Like, I can't just show up here and like talk about Splatoon. I have to like, prep and research like real commentator like i have to be a real commentator here i can't just like roll out of bed one day and be like oh yeah i play a little bit of splatoon so i know about it but (laughs) no like i had to do a bunch of homework and like get into all the previous tournaments that had happened that led the top teams to be at the splatoon uh, world championships and when you know like it was just so cool to do and i love splatoon so I remember the first time I played Splatoon was at E3, and I don't know if you remember this, um, if you guys were at that E3, Andrea, I know you were because I saw mm-hmm. you there, and it was it was the year they had, um, it was so bizarre, they had a stage set up facing the show floor, and it was, um, you walked up there and there were eight stations, and they did it eight at a time where it was four V four and you would have to wait in line and then go up there, play around, and then you could leave. 
And I remember thinking during the presentation, like, what a bizarre game. Like, it's a shooter and it's got squids that are also kids. Like, what a strange, (laughs) like, this is so Nintendo. But like, is it Mario levels of good? Like, because, you know, it's like Nintendo really sticks to what they do best. All their first party games. A lot of them, like, it was very, it's very rare for them to have a new IP. And so this new franchise was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it looks super weird. The second I played that game at E3, I was like, this is, this game is going to be a huge hit. And even for the Wii, even for the Wii U, it was. Like, it was a huge hit for the Wii U. Um, Even though the Wii U didn't sell as many, you know, consoles as the Switch, it did, the saturation rate was very high for Splatoon. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I played that game. Oh my god, like nonstop for an entire summer and loved it so much and then ended up meeting a bunch of people in the Splatoon community, including the people from Treehouse and everything, which is how I ended up getting asked to do a lot of the um shoutcasting stuff. So uh and then God, Splatoon 2 got I was like when they they talked about the Switch and I'm like, there's gotta be Splatoon 2, right? Like if there has to be a Splatoon, a new Splatoon. And um I thought maybe they would at launch like just have the original game because not a lot of people played it on wii u like maybe they would just port it over and find out a way to you know not deal with the uh the map on the screen on the hand right and so um i was more than elated when they were like oh no it's an actual sequel it's all new maps all new everything and i was just like oh my god i'm so exciting for me and um yeah i love it it's uh it's so fun it's so easy to pick up and play it's super hard to master it's a really deep i think it's a really deep game like a lot of people see it and it looks very cartoonish uh, but I I really enjoy playing it, and um and I'm sad that this uh, upcoming content update is like one of the last ones that they're planning for the game. So, but oh, I didn't know that. But of course, well, I mean, yeah, it's that, been it's been out for a while now. It's been out for a while, and and also it's like it also makes you go, well, that means that that team is moving on to do new stuff, which is always very exciting, whatever that might be, whether it's new Splatoon or something completely different. Um, but uh, but yeah, and it's and getting to meet Mister Nogami. Uh, has been incredible and he is just the nicest man. Uh, and he was so happy with how we, you know, presented the game and talked about the game and everything. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just been, that has been like a really great experience in my life. Um, I have considered doing more shout casting for stuff like Overwatch, but I just, I feel like I just don't have the time. So I like, I wish I had more time because especially with Overwatch, it's like, it has such a big audience and you just really have to know every single everything. Every single, every, every single little everything. detail. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah. It's been, it, I think it's indicative of how Nintendo is maybe lagging a little bit behind in the transition into games as a live service. Because so many of the other publishers and platform holders are looking at this trend and going, how can we maybe mm-hmm. move some of our long-term properties into a games as service? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Call of Duty as a prime example for that. And Nintendo has not even kind of broached that or gotten close to that at all. They're still yeah. releasing DLC in a very traditional way. Mm-hmm. But I have to imagine uh, taking the Switch into the next generation of consoles and whatever's next for Nintendo, that they have to be looking at the trend going... How do we, how do know, we revamp what our online offering is? How do we look at seasons mm-hmm. of content? How do we look at, you know, making the tail of these franchises more? Even we talked about yeah. this recently on the show about how the president of Nintendo was like, we want to look at bolstering DLC for our current and existing franchises, not necessarily making something new mm-hmm. uh, and what that really means for, for Nintendo. But, and I think you're um, right in that, like when I see that they're spinning down content, like I don't, 
I don't work for Nintendo. I don't know what's going on with Splatoon development. Like, I have no idea. But as a gamer and as somebody who just loves the game, like, I'm like, the thing that I'm hoping is the case is that they're doing exactly that, which is let's build Splatoon 3. Um, it might take a few years, uh, but let's build a, a new Splatoon that takes advantage of things like seasons that has, um, you know, different types of challenges. Like, they already have the foundation there, I think, with a lot of the game modes. Like, Salmon Run was totally new to Splatoon 2, and it is so fun and so chaotic and hilarious. And I'm like, if you can figure out a bunch of little mini games similar to that, like, I think you can really have kind of a rotating cast of, like, these really fun games that you can play. And then, you know, maybe they do a, a battle royale mode where you have, you know, like 25 people, like maybe it's not a hundred squid, you know, inklings, but maybe it's, you know, maybe it's 25 or, you know, something like that. Like, I think there are a lot of ways that they can expand the franchise, but not necessarily Splatoon to the game. And so I, I think that you are exactly right in that, like, this is now a time of growth for Nintendo where they're like, okay, now we have the, foundation of this really super popular console how can we capitalize on that how can we bring uh you know now the software into the modern era because they've really changed the game in the way of you know consoles like the way we look at consoles with the switch absolutely you feel like you you give me these eyes do you have something you want to say i love nintendo and i appreciate what they've done (laughs) I, I always say they're what, the what weirdos that we don't is there, deserve. Is there not a butt? <laughs> There's a big butt, but this is not that conversation for that. No, I agree. I want to see Nintendo. Like, I agree with everything you're saying. I think this is a prime opportunity for them to innovate and, and do – they have a very big pedestal here, and I feel like they just need to stand on it and take advantage mm-hmm. of it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And I, I'm just worried that they're going to screw something up. That's always that's the concern. So that's why I'm, I'm grinning like this. It's like you're anyway. This is not the conversation for that. So I will. I'm going to step back and just keep making weird faces into. The it's tournament. not. It's not an unreasonable <laughs> point. I mean, the thing is, is like there have been times when Nintendo has announced something that has been really disappointing, and like, and I, mm-hmm. and it a lot of times stems from either an unwillingness to to get with the times, quote unquote, or or just generally like just say we're going to go our own way and sort of do this left turn that no one else is doing. That you know, sometimes it's a really big hit. And sometimes it's a really big miss. And and I, but I, I appreciate the boldness, I guess, like either way. I'm like, at least you try something, right? Like, just don't not do anything. Have you met their online service, Ashley? Uh, oh, I know. Oh, that chat is, that chat is, that, that, that yeah. voice chat is, um, it's, it's tough. And I am joking, like, but I'm I definitely, not. especially with Splatoon, it is like very frustrating. It'd be very frustrating to use. Yeah. I wish I there think was you a I share. We share similar opinions over our, with our best friends at Nintendo. Yeah. Well, listen, I know we don't have too much more time with you, but before before we say goodbye, I know that you are probably knee deep in preparations for the biggest show of the year for you, which is of course the Consumer Electronics Show, which is coming up right around Ugh. the corner in January. Uh, working in the world of tech, um, what are some of your kind of favorite memories from working CES um, over the years? Oh man, um, well I've been going to CES since 2012, so this will be my God seventh or eighth year at CES. Um, I. I mean, this is going to sound so lame. I love TVs. Like, I love television. (laughs) I've loved television since I was a kid. 
So going to CES and seeing all the new skinny, like flat OLED TV, it is so fulfilling to me as a person who loves television. Like I am a television idiot. Like I love TV. It's <laughs> good to know. TV. And so I like to advice. see these like beautiful 85 inch screen OLED TV. I'm just like, can I just somewhere find $50,000 to buy <laughs> like the bigger the TV, the closer to God. Like this, this is like my, my it's, it's just like the joke on, um, that's a quote for the mother ages. Where it's like Barney's TV is the entire wall. Like if I could have that, I would do it. And like, I, I just, I love these massive, gorgeous televisions. So I look forward to that every year. That's always like a must. But my other favorite thing is, and these are all of my favorite CES memories, are the absolute trash as seen on TV products that get launched at CES. Oh my God, so many of them. And they're so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, um, it just, God, like, and then recently my other favorite has been seeing all the robots on the show. So there's like oh. tons of robots now. You can walk around, there's like, there's a pepper there. And then there's like, LG's got like a fucking butler or concierge one that works in a hotel and they brings you snacks. The hotel I stayed in last year had a robot butler. And if you ordered snacks, it would come to your room and then the phone would ring and you pick it up and it's like, your, your snacks are here. Open your door. And you, Oh, cause it can't knock. No, it has no (laughs) You knock and you open the door and there's a little robot there and it's like, hi. And then I've seen videos of this. Smiley face on it. It's really cute. And then the, and then its head opens basically because that's really And your food is in there. Wait, it's like a Pez dispenser? It's, so it's like a round thing. And then on the top, yeah, yeah, it's more like a door. And you get out. Yeah. Like a garage door. And it's like, are, is this ever? Did you get everything? And you tap yes, and then it closes, and it says goodbye, and it smiles at you, and then it turns and it goes back, and it takes the elevator back down to the front desk, and it parks itself, and like that's it. Huh. Yeah, it looks strikingly like the robots in Fallout. It really yeah, does. They reminded me a little <laughs> bit of the Protectrons, but small, like really small, and less so, murderous, hopefully, and a lot less murdery. Um, but so like so cute. <laughs> at least and for now, so I love all the robot oh, stuff. Like anytime I like there, my life dream is to have a Rosie the robot, like a sassy robot maid that lives in my house and is like gives me good advice, but is also kind of a bitch to me when I'm acting uh, up a little bit. Like, well, that's, that's a deep you want to, you want to talk about. reference that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. If I could pay, I would pay an obscene amount of money to have Gladys from Portal as oh. my Siri. Like she would keep that you would be, in line. Yeah. Like yeah. an an outrageous sum of money. Like just not even I mean, like I would almost bankrupt myself to have that. Like, <laughs> I, like I want it so bad. Like I see it on ways where they're like, Oh, you have like Terry Crews giving you directions this week, and I'm just like, That's cool. But also, where's my Gladys Siri? Like, that's what I need. Right? I need that. So that I would like, be, that's the kind that of stuff awesome. that I really love. That's what I want. There was a year when robots were first starting to come out at CES where I was covering uh, for Clever and Justin Bieber was there with his Japanese company. Very clearly, like not caring about this yeah. robot at all. He was just like, I'm getting paid a stupid amount of money to show up for like four hours or whatever. And because I was press, I got um, to the front of the line to do a photo meet and greet with Justin. Ooh. And I... Quite frankly, like, he's fine. Uh, back then, I didn't, like, care. This was almost, yeah. like, oh, nine years ago. Um, I You're didn't an adult. care. 
That's fine. Yeah, I didn't care really about Justin Bieber, but because I work for Clever and they cover a lot of teen entertainment news, they were like, you must get an autograph, a photo, anything that we can use for coverage. And so I got him to autograph like one of his posters and then they took it back and they like did a big giveaway with it. And I took some photos with him, but I was just like, this is weird that you're here with this little robot. That, that like, is you, odd. Back the- so the robot was like tabletop size, like uh, oh, imagine the, the size robots. of like a... Yeah, like imagine like the size of a cereal box. So yeah, about that they tall. had one of those at the robot restaurant in Tokyo and like at the crazy bar after it was a little dinosaur like dancing robot and it would if you could talk commands at it, you could tell it to like sit. Oh, the robo raptor. The robo Yeah, it was more of like a brontosaurus, but yes. <laughs> oh. What? <laughs> Amazing. But um, it's a it's a crazy show that I know that you work every year. It's and a real delight. It, it, how would you, as somebody who has covered both E3 and CES, how would you maybe talk about their differences? Well, E3 is the better show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, agree. Answer. Just because that's my, like, I have been going to E3 since 19, uh, so, I'm sorry, since 2000. Um, I was actually not, I was underage. I was not supposed to be at that show. I was 17. And, um, and I snuck in. Uh, and then there were like, we made up a fake company and like, that's how we got in. And then nine 11 happened and they really clamped down on security. So then I'm pretty sure at some point, like somebody in our group broke federal law and made us fake W2s oh, and like got no. us into the show. Like we had to go to oh. E3. Like we wow. had to go. And wow. so, um, yeah, it was very, we were extremely motivated young morons. And so, um, yeah, we all went to, well, I'm E3. glad you're not in jail. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. And Is the so, statute of limitations up on that? Should you be like, talking about it? I don't, I, like, I don't think any, I don't think, we didn't use them to like file for taxes or anything. But I, like, we just used them to get an E3. But like, I remember uh, one of my friends like made an, a full page like advertisement in Photoshop to prove that we had like a physical game store that we sent out a mailer for every week. Like that was, he had amazing business cards. Like it was a it was a real elaborate ruse to just to get into E3 because we had to see the games like we were so desperate. So um, so yeah, like uh, I I love E3. I think E3 is amazing. I'm really sad Sony's not going to be there next year. Uh, I like, oh yeah, I'm bummed out. But and I you know I hope there's a super duper good reason for not coming. Like you know a PS5. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I like, you know, it is a down year because it is like the end of console life cycle for a lot of the consoles, except for switch. Uh, so I just imagine like Fortnite is going to have people's freaking zip lining inside that. West yes. Mall. Like it's going to be some it. insane. I'm sure Fortnite will take up that entire space happily. <laughs> and that'll just be, it'll just be Fortnite hall. That'll just be it. So Fortnite hall. what if they did real life Fortnite? Because they could with That's all the I'm space saying. now could, with all that space, yeah. they could probably just have everybody use like Nerf guns and do like battle yeah. royale with Nerf guns. laser tag. Um, you're so welcome for these yes. ideas. Epic. Like you're so welcome. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm a little bummed that it's going to be a little smaller this year. But, you know, it got weird that a couple years where they went to Santa Monica and it was all in like ballrooms and office. Dude, it got and so weird. It was and then weird. it came it back. And then it came back. So it, it'll it's be probably going to get weird again at some point. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of getting weird now. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it'll, it'll make a comeback. It always does. Um, but I don't know. It's like CES um feels like it, it was really cool for a while. And then like all and then now it's like really kind of like very startup culture where it's like a lot of stuff like i said that's like as seen on tv which is like fun to laugh at but also like 
not particularly helpful for society. Uh, but then, and then you have like all the smart home stuff, like all TVs, smart home, like, you know, washing machines that text you. And so like that to me is like, that's cool. And I'm excited about it, but I'm not as excited about it as like, for example, uh, seeing Spider-Man demoed or, you know, like whatever else, like that's the stuff I want to, that's my personal interest. So at play, so they, they know they got me and that's why I like E3 better than CES. Well, Ashley, this has been awesome having you on the show this week, and I could keep talking to you forever because you're such a fantastic conversationalist, but um, we know you've got a script to write tonight and some other oh, things God. to do. If people want to follow you or check out Stream Economy or any of the other awesome things that you do, where can they find you? I think the easiest way to come hang out with me is on Twitter. Uh, much as it is a terrible cesspool, I enjoy it very much. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's just twitter.com slash Ashley Esqueda. Um, I'm sure you guys will tweet my handle out. Oh yeah. We got your links so, and everything yeah. in the, in the show notes and in the YouTube description. But I'm on Twitter. I literally live on Twitter. It's like my second home. Um, it's my home on the internet. <laughs> Same. So, <laughs> much as I like, oh, hate saying that, but it's just, you know, that's, that's where I live and that's where so many of like cool people are. So, and I like, I am like very active on Twitter and I talk to people and I don't like, I'm not an ignorer on Twitter. I definitely like interact with people. So come hang out with me. I like, I like to talk about stuff. Fantastic. Well, you heard it from her, everybody. Please do follow Ashley. She is wonderful. And thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Uh, you were a joy to have and hopefully we'll have to get you back. Well, I sometime love in the future. all of you guys and sorry for talking your ears off about all the things. No, no. Uh, you don't have to be sorry. We asked you to talk our ears off. Yeah. Thank Ugh. you very much. <laughs> I just appreciate that you can stand the sound of my voice for this long. Bless you. Oh, of course. <laughs> always. Just just keep playing it on yeah. repeat. It's going to be wonderful. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if you guys missed our um, announcement, if you are part of our Patreon pre-show tier, I know I'm really burying this at the end of the show, um, we are now transitioning that tier back to an after-hours stream for the month of December. Where it goes beyond that? Who knows? I'm going to mention this at the top of next week's show as well. But we are going to be um, kind of changing up some stuff with our Patreon. We'll have more details about that for you in the not-too-distant future. But this week was the final live pre-show in that tier. And we will be going back to our after-hours gameplay stream. And surprise, we're going to be uploading the show a little bit early next week. We're going to be doing a special Game Awards episode where we pick the winners uh, for the Game Awards, or what we assume will win. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope that you guys play along with us. That episode is going to be going live on Thursday, December 6th yeah. uh, next week. And uh, we hope that you guys check it out. It's going to be a good one. And I believe a secret game that Brittany can't talk about right now. She's going to be able to talk about <gasps> next week. So we'll, we'll make a special, a special uh. little segment where Brittany can talk about this embargoed game. And th trust me when I say, if you can tell by her face, you might be able to guess what this game is. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to miss it. Um, and, um, as always, if you guys loved what you heard tonight, support the sponsors, uh, Robin Hood or stamps.com. Support us at patreon.com slash worth games. And don't forget to follow our wonderful guests at Ashley. All right. That's it for us. Goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Take don't care. punch your posse. <laughs> Go play horse prints.